and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I am your host, Scott Minton. Today, I am sitting down with my boy, Josh, Ofo fanboy. How we doing today, Mr. Hillman? Man, I'm doing really well. I'm uh, polishing off a couple parts of some beers here and just thinking about the couple of bourbons you poured in front of me. So today, we are going to, I guess, review slash discuss um, one of my favorite new riff picks of all time, the Ken Riffy Jr. So you ask me, Josh, what do you want to drink? And this morning, I was watching the news, and uh, on the news this morning at, you know, 5 a.m., they were running a story about how sports cards were coming back and they were leading some kind of an investment. Like they were out earning the S and P 500 or something in terms of value sports cards and sales and memorabilia and autographs. And it got me thinking back to the late eighties when I was a huge uh, baseball card fan about four or five years before the baseball strike when everything went to hell. And so you ask me, what do you want to pick? And I'm sitting looking at your your stash of bottles, and I see a Ken Griffey Jr. picture on a bottle. And I'm like, you know what? Let's have some Ken Griffey because it brought back the sports memorabilia thought to it. So I, I will tell you, this is by far the best new riff I've ever had. So we'll sip it here in a minute, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But um, we also are trying, uh, my wife bought me for Christmas the Flavier or Flavier or whatever you want to call it um, subscription. So every quarter I'm going to get a new bottle of bourbon from from Flavier. Can they ship whiskey? Can they ship alcohol in Indiana? They, They ship me this. So, I mean, I'm assuming we're all good. So this one is called Corn Trooper. And it is a 101 proof, and it is made of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different distilleries where they went out and picked their highest corn rated bourbon and blended it together to make it. The seven breweries that they picked was Breckenridge Brewing Company, or distillery, sorry, Ula, O O L A, out of uh, Washington State, Kings County, huge Kings County fan out of New York. Balcones out of Texas, which is also another big one that I, I, I of the newer distilleries that I really like. New Holland out of Michigan, Highwire out of South Carolina, and Hartfield and Co. out of Kentucky, which oddly enough is the only one I haven't heard of. Hartfield and Company. So, did they blend them all together after that? <clears throat> they did. They blended them all into a hundred and one, and then I guess proofed them down to one hundred proof, one hundred and one proof. Um, it's a seven milliliter bottle, and it is a what I like to call old school ho- hardcore porn, or ha- oh, wait a minute, hard hard school corn, hard school corn, hardcore corn, hardcore corn. There God, you go. that was way too difficult. So hardcore corn, the old school corn trooper. Um, it's a United Craft Bourbon based off of a. Uh, Which one are you drinking first? I'm gonna drink it first because I'm gonna save the I'm gonna save Mr. Ken Riffey for for the for the for the final finale there. So well, you know, as we've. It's a really, it's taken a while for me to, to distinguish through my palate, through my bourbon snobbiness, I'll call it, what I like and what I prefer. But I think, as you know, I love the high corn and rye, uh, and I'm mostly a no weeder. 
if that makes sense. I, I like the high corn bourbons and those that really don't include any bur- any wheat to them for some reason or not. So I'm assuming I'm going to like this. You should. I mean, it's saying it's high corn. Um, it, it Based off of the, the distilleries that they've chosen, it's definitely probably most likely rye is going to be the second ingredient. But I will say just the nose alone, like there's a lot of malt in this. Like, and so some of these must be really heavy on the malt side because I get a lot of that. Um, it's picking up a bunch of fruity scents, fruity aromas in the nose on this. So I'm getting fruit, but I'm also getting some real heavy sugar stuff, like um, almost like that the vanilla nose, um, which I typically will distinguish with stuff that's typically on the higher on the malt side. Like an old Forester heavy vanilla nose to it. Yeah, um, Old Forester, um, I would also say, like, a couple of the Kings Counties that I've had. Never had one. A couple of the Blom Brothers that I've had, um, super high corn, um, but in some of those situations, those are MGP bottles, um, but uh, definitely on the high corn side. What is the MGP mash bill that's, do they have a variety of them? They do, they they have a variety, and mainly because they're doing a lot of contract distilling, um, but they've got a weeder that's a weeded bourbon. Um, so it's very heavy on the wheat side. Um, then they've got their high rye, what I would call, call their high rye mash bill. Um, they also have what's their low rye mash bill, which is high malt, but it's also obviously corn still. Um, but they've got a variety of different things. Hmm. I took a drink. Um, pretty sweet, to be honest with you. I'm not sure entirely what it is, but it, not a lot of burn uh, at 101 proof. You know, you expect a little bit of that burn like you would have from the the well-known Wild Turkey 101. But at 101 proof, this is pretty smooth, um, pretty sweet. Some fruit flavors to it, in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, it's weird. I can't distinguish the fruit, though. Okay. I mean, it what it could just be I'm sticking to it from my nose on it. And I was drinking some very sweet beer before this, so it could be messing with my palate. No, but I mean, like, no, I smell the fruit, and it's coming off as, like, maybe um, I would consider more like peach or apple. Um, But on the taste, I'm not getting that. I'm getting almost like a tropical fruit, and it's not banana, but I can't can't put my my nose or taste buds on it, honestly. And it's I'm, not. It's not bad. Um, I don't know that it's a great pour, but it's. Maybe not you get bad. a little pineapple out of that sucker. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's pineapple or mango or. You know, I'm, I'm almost saying it's apricot. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what an apricot tasted like if I wanted to. Really? You never I had mean, apricots. I mean, mostly dried apricots, right? So that I ate a lot of dried apricots. Now I would not tell you necessarily what an actual apricot apricot tastes like, but yeah, like dried apricots. I used to love dried fruit. Like that was one of the things I used to drink a lot of was dried fruit or eat a lot of was dried fruit. Hmm. Okay, it's a it's a solid pour for a hundred and one proof. It's got a really dark dark amber color to it. It does. It's got a good color to it. Um, you know, I guess I'm, they don't give you a. A range of age on any of those whiskeys. You know, I could look it up. Let me look it up. While you're talking. Uh, it it isn't really worth looking up at this point. I mean, we've tried it. It's 101 proof. And is it called a, is it a straight bourbon whiskey or is it, can it be at that point? It is a blend of straight bourbon 
whiskeys. That's exactly what it says. Okay. So it can't be called a straight bourbon whiskey because it came from all those different places, but it's a blend of different straight bourbon whiskeys. Um, that's interesting. Uh, where is Corn Trooper located? Or Flaviar blends it themselves. They do. They they blended it out of those seven different companies. So I'm assuming it was bare. It was out of you know. I'm gonna guess and say seven to fourteen barrels because I don't think it was a ton. Um, it sells for roughly sixty-five to seventy-one dollars. Sixty-five dollars if you're a Flavier Flavier member or Flavier or however you want to say it, or it's seventy-one if you're a non-member. Um, oh, I'm looking up here. I, I just I dropped a little bit of water in it to just see how the water impacted it, and I will tell you it, it dried my tongue out, kind of like. Um, I wouldn't, I I don't know, just like you would put something in your mouth that was just dry and cakey kind of. Weird, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't add water to it. So it says that the flavor spiral on this is maple syrup, cinnamon, and vanilla, and then banana, ginger, dark cherry, orange peel, and apple. Dude, I was nowhere near any of those things. So the ginger is probably the one that I was probably getting with that more of the, the tropical flavor, it or an orange pill. But uh, I really, you know, it was, I was kind of off on this one. Um, My palate is not refined enough to pick up that. It, you know, and it's funny, Tyler mentioned that, you know, as far as, especially on like the grassier notes, like it, to try to pick between, you know, mint or uh, pine or cedar or any of those type of things. I think it's really, really hard to distinguish. I think outside of banana and apple, um, it's kind of hard to pick up some of those citrus notes, I would say, um, because lemon and orange and lime and, you know, some of the other things that might be characteristic that you may find in a bourbon. I I think it's kind of hard to pick up those as far as distinguished on that side. So, Gotcha. It's 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 very nice, neat. I wouldn't add ice or water to it. The dilution to it just seemed to not do it right, and so I would assume they hit the sweet spot at 101 proof when they did it. So this thing was rated a 7.7 out of 10. Um, I'm not sure I would <laughs> agree with that. Um, I do get the maple but, syrup on this. Okay, but you're drinking a whole lot of 10s on a regular basis. Am I really, though? Yes. G- George T. Stag. Well, I don't drink George T. Stag on a regular occasion. I mean, I drink it, you know, and it, it's good. And I like Old Weller Antique. I mean, okay, I like Michter's Toasted Bourbon. I don't know if those okay. are all 10s, but I mean, you well, know. Well, they're, they're definitely. I like Old Forester, you know. Well, you're, that's you're, a, a freaking 10. Well, it's a 10 to you. I mean, but all is right. that a 10 to everybody or is it, you know, like know. an 8.5? Is it, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean. I don't know. It yeah. says the aroma is underlined with spicy character cinnamon, ginger, and orange peel with a little bit of dark cherry and apple peel, translating to a perfect palate that is grand in the sensory levels for an American bourbon. So, can you buy this on the shelf or is it all, is everything from Flavia? It's all online. Okay. Um, like I said, um, if you are a non-member, it is $71. And you can still buy it. There's only a couple left, it appears. So it says very few left. Um, and the member price is $65 a bottle. I do like the name, Corn Trooper. It makes me think of Super Troopers. It, seems, it makes me think of uh, Storm Troopers. Meow, meow. No, Storm Troopers. <laughs> 
So I, I could see taking this badge and then maybe putting like a stormtrooper head on there and, you know, making some kind of, I don't know. So what you're telling Dark me is... Dark Alliance bottle. It needs a real a real big tater sticker on it. For well, your... the, any tater sticker would make this bottle better for sure. <laughs> and we could hype it. You could definitely hype... I think you could hype any bottle that was called Corn Trooper and had a had a... It had some uh, Star Wars shit on there. So I'm really struggling with the tater hype right now as I was uh, observing a couple of the local bourbon groups on the interwebs on Facebook over the last couple of days, and they were talking about a, a Four Roses barrel and single barrel or bottle, and you know, some of them were coming on and bashing it, and I couldn't tell if it was just tater like tater fun sarcasm or if the barrel really sucked and you know i'm not a huge four roses fan so i i don't really know but it, it was humoring me to see this and to see that this bottle that sold out or online that sold out or pre-sold in a matter of about a i don't know 45 seconds are we referring to the LBC o- o- OESK? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get one. I tried. So I'm hoping I still may be able to get one. There supposedly are a couple that haven't been picked up. I just don't know if they're going to be held in reserve or if uh, I'm going to be lucky enough to get one or not. Um, I, I really just want to try it. I, I like OESK. It's not my favorite of the mash bill from Four Roses, but it um, it definitely has those higher rye notes. Um, that you and I would be more in flavor profile with. And I'm kind of curious to see what they picked versus to what a typical OESK tastes like. I was just humored because there were people that were like, man, this is trash, trash bourbon this, trash that. And I'm assuming it was all sarcasm because then they started talking about somebody getting nine bottles and so on. No, I, I have to believe, and like, and, and we and we discussed this in a previous episode, There's there's people I feel like you trust their palates. And I think Jay, Jason, Matt, Andrew, the team at Cox's, I feel like we really, really trust those people, especially Cox's. I, I think Mike Fisk is the guy that runs their barrel procurement. I think Mike has a pretty sophisticated palate. I think he's tried enough bourbon between all the barrel picks that they've done over the years that he knows his shit, right? Like he knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing when he's picking a bourbon. Um, now the question is, is his is his flavor profile the same as yours? Now that might be different, right? So probably not. Um, well, I don't know. You loved the LBC uh, shit show, right? The Forester, good so, so I'm a- thinking, and, and that, the Coxes and Evergreens 90, 90 proof single barrels. So 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 there you go. So but but they were you love Old Forester. I know, I get it. But my my point is, is that. If they're picking an Old Forester product that you like, they're probably going to find something that matches their palate that's going to be what I would consider in a family that would reminisce, that would be reminiscent of that Old Forester pick. Does that make sense? Probably so. I I mean, we've talked about that on numerous occasions, the, the keg, the keg liquors, and I have not had a bad Knob Creek pick from the keg. No, absolutely not. And... There was also a Maker's Mark, a Maker's 46 or whatever it is, the single barrels. Yep. I've already drank one of those. You're talking about the, the what was it, uh, Breaking Bad logo? The, <laughs> yes. I've got one left, and it's unopened. I polished one off during the holiday season. And I'm not a Maker's fan at all, but that bottle was really darn good. 
and I happened to see it on the shelf again, and I thought, do I want to buy another one? The answer was ultimately no, I didn't, because I've just, there's so many open bottles right now. They still have that bottle? It's like they brought a few out from quarantine or in the back or hiding or whatever you want to call it. I'm just kind of shocked that there's still some of those left. I mean, people like Makers. I mean, Makers, but granted, it's a $70 bottle. It it was very reminiscent of OWA to me. I mean, it really was. Is that because it was 107 proof? I think, A, it's 107 proof. B, it is a weeder. I mean, that's what Makers Mark is known for is weeded bourbon. Um, And then C, I, I felt like it gave a lot of those caramel vanilla notes and it had just enough of that spice on the very very back end of your tongue whenever you drank it that it was very reminiscent of just old school owa to me i haven't had any owa for a solid year at this point i should go back and try it and see we'll crack my, a bottle later if you want see no no not <laughs> see if my palate has modified or adjusted any this year huh drinking hotter stuff right so corn trooper out of if it was a if a ten was a perfect bourbon and it was old fiftieth or what whatever your number ten is for you know a bottle that's what you would consider high corn what what would you rate the old corn trooper I'd rate it in the not drain pour bottle category and probably somewhere around a five I mean I wouldn't pour it out I, I wouldn't go back to it every day and I certainly wouldn't put an ice block on it. Um, it's, it's a five or a six range. So I didn't try it with water. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to, I'm about the same as you, probably five and a half to a six, um, five, five and a half, six, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed just because I know that there's some Kings County stuff in here and there's some Balcones stuff in here. Um, both of which are, are smaller micro distilleries is what I would call them. Um, that I've been pretty impressed with some of the stuff I've tried from them. You pour it over some brown sugar simple syrup, and I bet a little bit of bitters, and that'd be a damn good old-fashioned. Did, did you bring me any of that brown sugar? Was I supposed to? I, it takes I, all of about five minutes to make, Scott. Okay, so I guess I'm going to have to just make my own one cup, one cup, one, yeah, one I, for one. I'm like one spoonful, and mine's done. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, I see how it is. Well, you know, it was the hot stuff on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it over to the holiday with uh, with the family, and I made I took eighty six proof uh, old Forester instead of the hundred I'd been drinking it with at home. But I took the brown sugar simple syrup, which for our listeners that want to make it, you take it's just a one to one ratio of brown sugar and water, and heat it up to dissolve the brown sugar until it's dissolved, and then you're done. I put it in a mason jar, let it cool off. You don't you don't bring it to a boil for a couple of minutes. No, like no that. boils needed. It. It's just dissolving the sugar. Now I I tend to put a little extra sugar in it because I'd rather be on the sweeter side. But for Christmas I took it over. We had brown sugar simple syrup, and then um, I did a, a spoonful, and we'll just call it a, you know a large spoonful, kind of a soup spoon, uh, a large spoonful of brown sugar simple syrup. And then a one-to-one ratio of, uh, I was using Old Forester 86 and Champagne. Gotcha. And you mix the two together. Now, I was probably doing, you know, two shots of each uh, with a spoonful of the simple syrup. And just a really darn good 
kind of cocktail, and I'll put a Luxardo cherry in it just for sport. Dude, you cannot go wrong with a Luxardo cherry. So I was drinking them with 100 proof Old Forester, the signature 100 proof at home. Yep. But I knew that the people that were drinking it, the the cocktail when I took it for the holiday, they were not going to be down with the 100 proof. And my wife actually said the same thing because she had tried the 100 proof at home. She said it was good, but... Uh, when we took it over with family, I took it out with the 86 proof, a lighter proof, you know, less bourbon drinkers, and they all loved it. So the the simple syrup, it was so much better than just the regular stuff you buy in the bottle. Well, that's the, the big store. thing. Like, I, I think I would really enjoy a brown sugar simple syrup. I think it would add some definite good, more sweeter, but dark sweet, like almost like that caramel or... Um, molasses type flavoring to it because it's that brown sugar. I got to try it with a light brown sugar. We had a dark brown sugar. You know, there's two different kinds of brown sugar, but um, we had been over at the Village Anchor in Louisville or Anchorage, I think it is. And we had had this almost a year ago, the brown sugar bourbon mimosas, what that cocktail is called. Gotcha. So we had tried it there and they didn't give me the, the recipe for it, but I brought it home the and tried to replicate it a year ago, and then I think I really perfected it this year. So how much, you know, champagne or whatever did you add to it? It was equal. Um, If I did two ounces of bourbon, I did two ounces of champagne. And you did just like one ounce of the simple syrup? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Gotcha. Very good cocktail. No bitters or anything else with it? No, I did just the Luxardo cherry. Gotcha. So good, good cocktail, good smooth drink if you're a bourbon drinker ramp it up to the 100 proof if it's people that are not bourbon drinkers the 86 proof uh old foe 86 is great probably even find some 80 proof stuff out there you know if you want to get a little bit you know on the lesser side some basil hayden yeah absolutely basil hayden dude so uh completely off topic but last week i picked up a bottle of the aged 12 year 1792 at costco gotcha yep 39.99 at costco and if you set your prices based on costco prices you're like everything else is just way too expensive yes costco is definitely the 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 i it's almost like it's a lost leader like they, they they want you to come in and buy whatever liquor they have so they can you know hit you on the other stuff so i bought a bottle of the 1792 aged 12 year and it was a gift for somebody because I don't, I'm not a 1792 drinker. And I, I did a porch drop off for uh, Christmas. Um, but then uh, I saw a bottle, a similar person or same person uh, likes the Basil Hayden uh, Caribbean Reserve rum, rye, whatever it is. Yes, the dark, the, the dark the blue, yep. blue bottle. And I saw a bottle at a liquor store a couple days ago, and it was forty nine ninety nine for Basil Hayden's eighty proof Caribbean Reserve rum rye or whatever it is. And I just thought that is way too damn much money for a bottle of Basil Hayden's when I just paid forty dollars for a bottle of the seventeen ninety two aged twelve year. Gotcha. I don't so, know. all right, now yeah. it's time to. That was off topic. I apologize. Oh, you're all good, man. But it, it, it is time to 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 hit our new riff, the Ken Riffy Junior. Dude, this. So new riff single barrels. They are sixty five 
35. So 65 corn, 30 rye, 5 malted barley. Are you serious? Yep. You serious, Clark? I'm serious, Clark. <laughs> too much Christmas vacation over so the last two months. It's, it's, it's definitely high corn porn. Um, that, is, that is really surprising to me because you... You know that when I first started drinking New Riff, I hated it and I thought it was just piss water. Right. And and a couple of bottles turned me around. And I this I, was the bottle that turned me. Okay. So I mine was a keg liquors pick that the first time I poured it, I hated it, and then I let it sit for six months, and I came back to it, and I'm like, man, that's a really good bottle. This one's been open about four, maybe six months. But, but there, man. there's, are you getting a lot on the nose on this thing? Oh, absolutely. You're not? To me, the nose on this thing is just kind of like air. Sorry, I think you've been too much beer. It could be. Good beer. Stout. Beer. No, absolutely good beer. But, you know, it it would definitely cloud your, 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 your nostrils a little bit on this thing. It's like when you stick your nose in one of those Glen Cairns and you get all alcohol burn. Yeah. This That's is what, not it. It, it just seems kind of light and airy to me. So it, I, I could see where you're saying that, but for me, you know, I'm getting some of those citrus notes. I'm getting um, a lot of that, like vanilla, maybe like brown sugar notes. But uh, man, I tell you what, this is just, it, it's one of my favorites as far as the new risk. I'm going to go ahead and take a sip. I'll let you I'm talk kinda, a little bit about I'm it. kind of getting this... Uh, so you tainted me, I don't know, a couple months ago when we were doing some old Dusties and they were decanter bottles. Mm-hmm. And, and for some reason right now, the nose on this is reminding me of a couple of the decanters that we poured that I just didn't care for. Really? Hmm. And, and that's what, I don't know the the nose, and it could be something else that's blocking. You know, my... I, could, I guess you could get a little bit of old Dusty on smell on this. Go ahead and get you a sip. It's 113.8 proof. So it's not the hottest of the new riff you're going to get. To me, it's very reminiscent of wild turkey almost to some capacity, um, which is one of the reasons why I really like it. Um, but it's definitely got um, some of the like heavy, like those sugar note type things. Like it's not, it's not your typical grassy rye, I guess would be the best way to put it. Is it going to offend you if I tell you I don't like it? No, not at all. I don't like it. You don't like it, huh? I don't. I don't know why. And it could be that I tainted myself with very potent beer today. That's a good possibility, you know. But I don't like it. I would have preferred the Corn Trooper over this. Really? No. Not me, not at all. No, this isn't for me. Huh. So you you just really may just not like New Riff, which oddly enough, I mean, it's high corn, it's high rye, it's all the things that you like. It's It's young, too, though. Oh, it's absolutely, and this is one of the first picks they did, so, I mean, this is definitely, like, closer to that four-year range. I mean, it's probably, like, four four years, a couple of months. I mean, it was one of the earlier single barrels that they did. Now, when we went up to New Riff, which was, oddly enough, almost a little over a year ago, um, we tried some very cool things when Jay was walking us through the tasting room. Got to try a variety of things that were just amazing, but I want to say they were mostly rye that I remember tasting and really enjoying. But honestly, this isn't for me. They just in, they just they just released what was it the winter whiskey, um, and then I think that they had another one that they just released. I can't remember exactly which what what it was called though. They had some malts. Yeah, some kind of yes, yeah, the maltsters, but there was something else though. I want to I can't remember what it was, but 
This could use a little bit of water to open it up. And I just, I took a little bit of a drink as I had poured some of that or drank some of it. A little bit of water just opens that up an appropriate amount. Yeah. No, and, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just, um, matter of fact, I, I guess whenever I drink this, most of the time it's with a little bit of a block of ice. And it really does give us, it does open it up. It definitely adds some of those different flavors. It gives you a little bit more of those those rye flavor notes and things to that nature. It, it needs to be opened up. I, I don't know what it is. It's uh, It's got to be the right moment and the right time for me to drink New Riff. But once I liked the one, I drank the whole damn thing. No. You drank it over a few days, too, it seemed like, like, like a week or two. It was very quickly. <laughs> So it's just a matter of you finding a new riff that you like. It's got to be that quality bottle that, you know, you hit it and it hits your flavor profile. No, absolutely. I understand that. With these single barrels, I mean, you could find something that's just, it's completely not what you want. Yeah, I find that a lot in in different things. Um, There's just so many good bottles out there these days, though. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of bad stuff, but. I find there's a lot more good bottles of bourbon than there are bad bottles of bourbon. I've had a few drain pours that I wouldn't go after again. Some of which were 13, 14, 15 year drain pours. Really? Yeah, you know, like I.W. Harper, to me, that 15 year bottle is a piece of shit. You know, I didn't hate it. I, I I didn't hate it to where I would drain pour it. I mean, I actually have an open bottle on on my open bottle list. But it's a really pretty bottle, and somebody comes over and says, "Hey, I want that 15 years." So, so you leave it there. So that's part of it. But then the other part is is that I have a lot of people that like to mix my bourbon, and I'm one of those people that if you're going to mix bourbon with something. I really don't want you mixing my good shit with <laughs> so random Coke or random whatever that you're drinking at that point. I mean, valid point. And I, I told you when we were doing the 12 Days of Old Foe, I had not had a bottle of the 86 proof or the 100 proof signature at my house. And for, you know, a 16 and $20 bottle, I guess I needed those at my house. And now that I've had them there, I've almost killed them. By putting them in the brown sugar bourbon mimosas or mixing it as an old-fashioned. Which is not a bad idea. I mean, you know. No, they're cheap. Especially with them being as, as inexpensive. We're not going to call it cheap. Let's call it inexpensive. Cost-effective. Cost-effective, inexpensive. Because cheap would mean that it's not good. And it I find mean. that most Old Foresters, pretty damn good stuff. Yeah, it's, it is. You're right. It's inexpensive or cost-effective bourbon to put in and mix with stuff. But I love the 100 proof in it, and this 86 proof wasn't bad either. Right. Now, 1910, I would not mix with anything. 1920, I may mix with a couple of things just because it's got enough heat, I think, that Wait a second. Wait it a carries second. over. You know what we haven't had yet, and you told me you were going to make? What? 1915. 1950. I've got your label here, and I, I'm actually solid out of 1920 and 1910 right now. I need to go buy some more. Okay. But, but let's let's make that sometime in the next couple of weeks. We'll make up a couple of bottles. I've already got your labels, and we'll get all that squared away. All right. I was just thinking I might look over at your bar and see a 1915. Mm, nope. And for our listeners, that is a taterific blend of 1910 and 1920. Yep. It's called pandemic, 
pandemic whiskey. <laughs> and luckily enough for me, I got enough empty bottles of old Forester bottles that I could just slap that sticker on there. I want to say they said that coming at like 104.6 proof or something like that. It's a perfect, uh, perfect proof there. So I, tr- I tried a couple of different ones of those, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I honestly got to say, when I first uh, tried it, I was like, man, why would you mix, mix two of what I would consider the better of the old foresters together to make something else. But uh, when, after trying, I was like, damn, that's, that's pretty good stuff. You know, that's true. I did enjoy the, the 1920 has never been my favorite 1910. I've loved it and hated it. And it was the reason I started drinking old forester, but I really enjoy the 1870 at a, a 90 proof. It's right next to my single barrels, the 90 proof single barrels that I enjoy. I can understand that. The 1870 is pretty good. Um, 1897 is still the one that I have the hardest time falling in love with over and over and over again. It's kind of the most out there, and I don't know if it's because it had to hit that bottled-in bond, that 100 proof. If if the flavor profile just being 100 proof is not its sweet spot, I'm not sure. I just got to think it's just the fact that it's a less of a blend that it doesn't get to that full 100 proof regular old school OVO. Uh, that's the one thing I can come up with. I'm not But sure. it's a blend of, I think, what did he say, four and seven year whiskeys or four and six year uh, whiskeys or something like that? Bottled in Bond has to be. Oh, it has all, to be the same year. So it has all, to be all five year or all four all year in or the all same six yeah. year. So, um, yeah. So I would assume they can't blend it to taste uh, like they normally would. But so, the old, but it, so that may be the difference, right? So their, their regular 100 proof can be a blend of four, six, seven, you know, to get the proper taste. Whereas. That 1897 has to be all one year, so it has to be all five-year-old bourbon. And, and I may talk about Old Forester too much to where our listeners are going to get tired about it. I may have to cut down on my Old Foe talk. Have to curb, curb your Old Foe talk? But that's what I drink. No, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with you talking about what you drink. And there's nothing fake about what I'm talking because that's what I'm drinking. No, absolutely. 100%. Josh is definitely an Old Foe fanboy through the core. Well, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I didn't care for the new riff, and I would have gone for the Corn Trooper again over the new riff today, but it's not to say had I not been drinking some stout beer before this. That yeah, it might have been. thrown off your palate a little bit. Yeah. So, hey, Josh, if people want to find us at, uh, at Bourbon Barrel Talk, how would they do that? I think we're on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, Bourbon Barrel T. I don't know. You know them all. Bourbon Barrel T1, I think, is Twitter. But uh, the rest of them are just Bourbon Barrel Talk. And then we got www.bourbonbarreltalk.com. And then we got bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. So, Scott, Josh, signing off. Have a good one. Peace.